When everything's shaken, keep the faith. When your heart keeps breaking, keep the faith. When the light is shading or fading, what? Keep the faith. Hang on to every word, cling to God's word, and keep the faith. We need that extra 15 minutes. We need to go from 8 to... Okay. That's not Jesus, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Life can be fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, Jesus says something about the importance of faith. He says something that we hear, but I don't think really registers with us. You know, Mark writes, writes this. He says, all things are possible for the one who has faith, Jesus said. Do you believe that? I mean, do you really believe it? You know, we're in this series, uh, Let's Go Crazy, and we're talking about how we should expand our faith, develop our faith that, that takes us out of the comfort zone and pursue a faith that might seem crazy until it isn't. You know, faith, I, I think, is a simple thing. When, when things are kind of sailing along, uh, things are going in the direction that we want. But faith is extremely challenging, especially when things don't go the way that you want, the way that you prayed for, the, the way that you planned. Proverbs uh, says this, many are the plans in a person's heart, but God's purpose prevails. You know, it's God's purpose that, that prevails. You put your faith in, in, in your plans, it'll mess you up. You've got to trust God as you plan. You know, trust God's purpose. They always prevail. You know, listen, you're a child of God. You're a citizen of heaven. The God of peace guards your hearts and minds. God, God protects you, but you got to trust God. You got to trust God. And I am so thankful that God's peace, it guards my heart. It guards my mind. It makes a big difference in how you live. See, you do not have to understand God's plans but you have to trust his purpose. The, the fact is, there, Jesus, uh, there's so many times when um, we just don't get what God's purpose is for us. Some of you may be there today, but you've got to trust God. See, his ways are higher than my ways, Scripture says. His ways are wiser. His ways are better friends, way, way, way better than my ways. The fact is, you keep the faith. You know, when, when things don't make sense, you keep the faith. When, when it seems like God isn't listening, you've got to keep the faith. You keep the faith no matter what's going on. And I know some of you, that's where you are today. You're, you're struggling. You know, just because God is silent 
does not mean God's absent. You know, just because you can't hear God doesn't mean he doesn't hear you. God hears your prayers. You got to keep the faith. You got to keep the faith even when God is slow in responding, even when it may seem like God's late. You know, some of you are waiting on God today. You're waiting on God to do something in your life. You've prayed about it. You know that God's more than capable. But you're beginning to wonder, so why hasn't God done something? And I don't know what it is for you. But maybe, maybe God's waiting to do something down the road. You know, maybe you're waiting for God to, to get you the right job. You know, you, you put your resume out there. You're doing everything you know to do to get that job. You're ready but you're waiting. You know, maybe you're waiting for, for a house to sail or, or you're waiting for guidance in your life, waiting for a child to return to faith. You know, maybe you got a bad medical report and, and you're waiting for healing in your life. And what I want you to understand is that the waiting season, and there usually is a waiting season, it's not a wasted season in life. The fact is, I'm sure that some of you right now need a miracle in your life. Some of you right now need God to do something supernatural in your life, to open an opportunity or make a way. And what I want to do is look at today the story we're going to focus on. It's found in the book of John. John, John writes this. He says, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Beth Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, I want to pause for a moment because I've talked about, put yourself in this story. Pretend, pretend you're there. What do you see? according to what you just heard there. You see, you see Lazarus, he, he's laying in a bed, maybe he's on the couch, you know. He's sick, he's possibly dying, and his sisters are worried about him, and they're caring for him. And so they text Jesus. Well, it was kind of like texting back then. And they go, Lazarus is really sick. He's, he's getting worse. We don't know if he's going to make it. We need your help now. Jesus gets the text. says, when he heard, heard this, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. It's almost like Jesus says, I know what this looks like. And according to your timetable, things do not look good here. But there's a divine strategy taking place. I've got this handled. You know, there's something that's going to, to happen that you don't understand, but when it's all through, everybody's going to give glory to God for this. Some of you are facing some things in your life and I know you're thinking, 
God, I, I do not understand. Things are not going the, the way I planned. They're going the wrong way. You know, God, this isn't fair. I, I, I just don't get it. Well, listen here. Listen. You are a child of God. You're loved by God. God, the creator and sustainer of this universe, is whispering today, going, you know, this sickness, this situation. You know, I, I've got a divine strategy here. I'm involved in this. You know, I like uh, movies, uh, and one of my favorite is the Rocky movies. You know, how many of you have seen a Rocky movie? There, there are nine of them. Do you know that? There are nine between Rocky and Creed. I consider Creed part of, part of Rocky. These are great movies. What's interesting, they all have a similar uh, type plot, don't they? You know, you, you, it's like you watch, watch one of the movies, and there's a point always near the end. They're, they're in a fight, and whether it's Rocky or Creed that's fighting, it appears like they're down for the count. And, you know, one of my favorite, I like Rocky IV. So that, that's when he fights the Russian Ivan, you know, the giant of a, of a guy. And, and Rocky is taking this pounding. I mean, he is taking a staggering beating. And he's in the corner between rounds. And his trainer goes, what are you doing? And Rocky, the only way Rocky, you know, it's a strategy, that's all, you know. I know what I'm doing, yeah. And it's not till the end that you begin to understand when, when you don't think he can rise, when you're, when you're sure it's over, Rocky has this last minute flurry and, and he defeats the enemy right now. I mean, you may feel like you're taking a lot of blows you may feel like you're losing the fight. You, you may even feel like you're down for the count with no hope. You know, maybe you're thinking, you know, when are you going to do something, God? Can I suggest to you that God may be saying, I've got a strategy. I've got a strategy. Like the movie uh, Sixth Sense. And uh, if you've seen it, you probably know the line I'm going to bring up. It, it's a little kid. It was his line. He says, I see what? Dead people. Friends, I will tell you, as a pastor, I see dead people. I see people that are dead all the time. I, I see them at the mall, at the grocery store. I see them in schools in offices, work sites. I even see them at church. You know, I see dead people. And do you know you can be dead while you're living? You know, Timothy uh, writes this. He says, a, a, a woman who spends her time pleasing herself is really what? Dead. Even while she's still what? Now, we can say this about everybody, you know. A man who spends his time, we can, we can address, address that. But I see dead people all the time. I see people who are dead emotionally. You know, they've been hurt 
in their life. They're, they're living in isolation. They won't let anybody get close to them. I see people who are dead relationally. They're kind of going through the motions, not really connecting with anybody. I see people that are dead vocationally. The, the fact is they're living with no purpose, no passion. I see people who are dead spiritually. No more joy, no more hope. They're untouched, unmoved by God's spirit. They're just going through the motions. People who are dead, but they're alive. I mean, maybe, maybe something's dead inside you today. And maybe, just maybe, God wants to do something about it and bring something back to life. So back to the story, and I'm going to kind of summarize. encourage you to read the whole story if you've got, got time. But Jesus has just heard that Lazarus is dying. Lazarus dies. Jesus waits several days, and then he says to his disciples, he says, let's go back to Judea. Now, this is where Lazarus and his two sisters are, Okay. The disciples are like, we can't do that. Jesus, did you forget the last time we were in Judea, they tried to kill you. Jesus, this is a bad, bad, bad idea. And I love Jesus. He's he not bothered by anything. He goes, eh, you guys don't really understand, do you? And he says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, and I'm going there to wake him up. As they're traveling to, to Lazarus and the home of his sisters, there are several people that I kind of want to pull out of the text. They're, they're living, but really they're dead. They're dead inside. I mean, there's Thomas. You remember Thomas? He, he's known for being a doubter, right? Well, he's dead in his doubts. And I, I'm reading between the lines here, but when Jesus says, let's go back to Judea, the disciples are like, no, no, we don't want to go back to Judea. They, they're going to kill you if we go back. And so I, I love this story because there's so much tension. The, the disciples think it's a horrible idea. Thomas, Thomas speaks up. And I'm going to tell you, I think he's being sarcastic. I think there's a lot of humor in, in, in Scripture. It says, then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us go also, you know, that we may die with him. See, I think he's being sarcastic. In other words, yeah, things aren't bad enough. Let's make them worse, you know. They say, you ever been where you laugh to keep from crying? Yeah, I've been there. Some of you are dying inside. And some of you have some real spiritual doubts. You know, it's a little bit like the little boy, his mom asked him to go to the basement, and she said, get, get a can of green beans out of the basement. And he goes, I, I, I can't. I, I'm, I'm afraid. And she says, son, Jesus will be with you. You know, it'll be okay. Everything will be fine. And the little boy's like, Jesus is in the basement? And she says, yes, of course he's in the basement. Yeah. 
So he opens the door, he looks down the steps, and he goes, Jesus, could you bring up some green beans, please? You know, like, I'm here every Sunday. (laughs) You ever feel like Jesus, you can't feel him? can't see him, you feel like he's not there. See, I know some of you are going through some stuff, and you've been praying, but you feel like heaven's silent. And maybe you're wondering if God's even listening. And I've had seasons like that in my life where I'm full of a lot of doubt. And at the time, I mean, it's, it's tough. See, some of you are doubting. Some of you are, are dying inside. You're dying with doubts, and it's getting in the way. They, then you got Martha, Martha in the story, one of Lazarus' sisters. She, she has a problem, and I think many of us can kind of relate to this problem. You know, what was it? Well, it was Jesus was taking too much time to get something done. You ever been there? You know, she, she is about to unload on Jesus and let it be known. The scripture says on his arrival, Jesus finally got to town. Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for what? Four days. Four days. Four days. He's dead. I mean, he's really dead dead. And this isn't like, uh, if you watch Jack Ryan, this isn't where you get a shot of adrenaline and you come right back. I mean, no. Lazarus has been dead for four days. And scripture says that the body started smelling. In other words, there's stench in the air. You know, John, John goes on and says, Lord, Martha said to him, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Do you hear the frustration there? I mean, at first it's like that you took too long. I mean, seriously, four, four days, Jesus, to get here? You know, you could have done something about this. If you would have just gotten here, I mean, what were you thinking taking so long? See, the delay, the wait, I believe can be overwhelming at times. It can feel deadly. Anybody relate to that? But then you get a glimpse. It's a glimpse of faith here. Because she's hoping against hope. This is crazy faith here. It says, but I know that even what? Even now, four days, he's been dead. Even now, God will give you whatever you ask. See, I know people that in their marriage, they've been praying and praying and praying and working on it and hoping that it'll get better, but there's delay. I know people that have been praying and asking God for a physical touch in their life or someone that they love, but they're waiting and waiting, and they're wondering how long they got to wait. I know people that have prayed for years, 
that someone that they love will, will come home and give their life to Jesus Christ and nothing. I mean, what's going on? Struggling and hoping, believing and struggling, and it's back and forth we go. You see, Martha, Martha's dead in her delay. You know, she, she wanted to believe, but everything seemed to be going the other direction. And then you got Mary, her sister. I mean, Mary, Mary's dead in discouragement, and I'm going to back up a verse, but she says, says this, when, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary, see, Mary stayed at home. I think that says a lot about where Mary was. She didn't even go out to greet Jesus. Lazarus is gone. My brother's gone. It's over. There's no use going. I see people all the time that are dead in their discouragement. I've tried to overcome the addiction, but I, but I just can't. You know, I see people who are emotionally dead, and they've prayed, they've been to counseling, but they, the fact is they, they've seen the doctors and they can't get past it, and they'll say, I can never be happy. And I'm going to get really personal here. And I want you to just be honest with yourself. What in your life is dead? or dying. I mean, it could be your relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, there was a time when you were growing. You were excited about your faith. You were following obediently. You experienced a lot of joy. But if you're honest, now, yeah, it's dead or it's dying. I mean, it could be that, that it's a relationship, you know, that's strained with a, with a parent or a child or a spouse, maybe a friend. The fact is it, it's dying, maybe it's dead, you know, maybe it's finances, you know, you're dying. Th things look good on the outside. Everybody that looks thinks you got it going on, but the truth is you're dead and dead. You're just barely holding it together. John continues the story. He says, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. I want you to think about this. Jesus knows that he's about to resurrect and call Lazarus from the dead. He knows that. But here it says he weep. He's crying. And when I read that, I think it says something about who Jesus is. That it tells how much he feels how much he cares about people. He's weeping because people that he loved were hurting. 
You know, some of you are in that season of life, and it's between death and the power of the resurrection. You know, it's between death and, and life. The, the fact is, it's a, it's a tough place to be. It, it tears at your heart. You're dead inside. Doubts are real. You're dead because of the delays. You keep waiting and waiting. You're not sure you can see your way through. You know, you're dead in the discouragement, and yet you, you, you feel hopeless inside. Friends, why did Jesus Christ come? So that you might live. So you might live an abundant life. That live with great joy. Friends, listen to me. You are a child of God. You are loved by God. You're living in this world, but you're not from this world. We're not. We're built for something greater. You know, quit living life that is fake and shallow and pathetic and self-centered and start putting God at the center of it. You know, quit living this mind-numbing mentality that culture wants to sell you and start living with a crazy faith that puts God in the center of whatever's going on, you know, where you can have joy inside, even when on the outside, there is no human sense to having that kind of joy. You know, it makes no sense to the world. Even though you're in the midst of the storm, maybe you are today, you can have peace. That's the kind of faith, it seems crazy to the world. But it makes all the sense in the world because Jesus Christ is at the center of it. Do you realize that the same spirit that brought Jesus Christ from the grave raised him from being dead to alive? That same resurrection power dwells inside of you through the Holy Spirit? Jesus Christ came so that you could really live Jesus said this, he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. In other words, Jesus, Jesus is saying, our enemy, the devil, he has a mission statement, and his mission statement is steal, kill, destroy. Jesus says, let me tell you what my mission is. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Very different mission. Jesus, he's standing at the grave of Lazarus. He instructs some people there to open the tomb. The scripture says that he, he looked to heaven and he began to pray. I love this. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and the cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Jesus says, take off the grave clothes. Take off 
anything that will resemble death in his life. Take it off and take it off now. Listen to me, Christ followers. Because of Jesus Christ, we live. We live. We don't live dead in our lives. We, you got to stop thinking like you're dead. You got to stop speaking like you're dead. You got to stop beating yourself up like a, you would a dead person. It makes no sense. You know, Jesus died so that you could be forgiven. Quit living in the past. Quit living like a dead person. That's why he came. So you could be forgiven. Stop. Stop. Friends, God is here. God is real. God has resurrection power. God is calling someone out of the grave today. You know, stop living like you're dead. Quit. It's an insult to God. Friends, let's go crazy. Crazy, crazy faith. Do, do you believe? Or we just play in church? Do you believe all things are possible with God? John continues the story. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, they will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And he asks the question, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe? Do you believe God can get you through whatever it is you're going through? Because I do. I believe whatever obstacle, whatever problem, whatever struggle, God will get you through. You got to have faith. When you have faith, it keeps you from living dead. It allows you to live with hope. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying everything gets perfect in life. It's not. But when you live, you have hope because you know God, God is more than able, more than able. Let, let, let's bow in a word of prayer together. Our holy God, God, we praise you. God, I know there are some here today that, well, they just need to take off the grave clothes. I don't know what the situation is, Lord, but you do. And God, I pray your Holy Spirit would breathe hope. You'd give them vision to see better days ahead. That, Lord, they would just trust you and have faith that you'd see them through. God, forgive us when we panic when we get discouraged, forgive us when we just give up. God, I pray your spirit would just energize. And let us see a future 
where your plans prevail, Lord. Where your plans prevail. God, we give you the glory with all we say and do. It's in the name of Christ I pray these things. Amen. God's people said? Amen. Amen. Yeah, God's good. I'd ask you to stand. Our, we've got a family that's uh, dedicating their kids today, and so we're going to stand and sing as they go and uh, get their children, and uh, let's worship God together. <laughs>